0: From the 80 Minutes Around the World Immigration Stories a Storytelling Show, this is Immigration Stories with Nestor Gomez.
1: Stories and conversations with immigrants, refugees, second, third generations, and allies, where we explore the ideas, policies, and histories that forge national identity, community, and belonging in America. We are your hosts, Angel Ling and
0: Nestor Gómez.
1: Over the past two and a half years, hostility targeting immigrants and refugees have increased in the U.S., much of which, as we know, stems from the negative rhetoric and policies from the current political administration. By hostility, I'm of course talking about families being separated at the US Mexico border, children and adults held in detention centers indefinitely, Immigration and Customs Enforcement or ICE raids across US cities, and hate crimes against immigrant communities living in the US. So, what are we to do? We explore questions around how we could all better meet one another during these difficult times with Chicago-based storyteller Jitesh Jaggi. First, here's Jitesh's lighthearted story as told on stage for 80 minutes around the world. Immigration Stories on January 8, 2019 at Chicago's Steppenworth Theatre.
2: Winters in Chicago is the first time when immigrants start to enjoy the phrase go back to where you came from. (laughs) Because we're trying to. <laughs> Book me a flight between October and February, and I will happily go back to where I came from, Bombay, India, 80 degrees, 50% humidity. <laughs> See, I came in Chicago last year during the spring, and like, like during the earlier stages of a new relationship, it treated me well. It didn't reveal its most inner, <laughs> cold self. And so one day when uh, my wife and I were traveling from... Uh, it was a road trip from Kansas to Chicago. I was taking a nap for five minutes on the passenger seat. And when I opened my eyes, I felt like I had died. And all my sins had been accounted for. We were stuck in a blizzard. For those who don't know, in Dante's Inferno, the last ring of hell is covered in ice. <clears throat> Now, before I get back to the incident, I need to tell you some experiences. So, this was, by this time, I had never seen snow in my life. I didn't even think it was real. For all I cared, it was just one of those graphic effects that filmmakers use when Tom Cruise runs out of dialogues. I had seen snow fall only from this side of the screen in an air-conditioned room. So it was new to me, me, and it still is. I mean, I've got used to the winter foods, the eggnogs and hot chocolates and all, but the rest of the winter, uh, my friends have to send me a two-day preparation notice in advance if they want me to go out with them, and when I'm out there, I'm like a walking queen-size mattress, all stuffed in fabric and... God forbid there's an urge to itch. Then I call them, I'll be 20 minutes late because then it's 10 minutes unlayering, 2 seconds itching and then 10 minutes layering up. All of this is new to me. In winters, my wife and I perform an alternative version of the song Baby, It's Cold Outside where the girl is trying to convince the guy to leave the house for once and he just stays put. (laughs) But you got to get paid. Baby, it's cold outside. Gotta put food on your plate, but baby, it's cold outside. My best friend is a tiny space heater who I know by its first name. So Raj and I were once sitting in our... (laughs) We were just chilling in our living room when that memory which I talked about earlier... Flashed in my eyes again, the my experience with snow for the first time. Like I told you, we were on our way to Chicago. And um, yeah, I just witnessed, I like, just saw outside the window and it's a whiteout. Like I was witnessing the GOP in session. And I was like, <laughs> and my wife was comforting me that everything is going to be all right. But it was just, I was terrified because I had never seen anything like that before. The two thoughts that were in my head was, one, can you access Wi-Fi under five feet of snow? (laughs) Two, why would a group of people give a negative connotation to something so beautiful and breathtakingly unique like a snowflake and just spoil it for the rest of us? So anyway, um, we were informed that the highway was going to be shut off and we had to take the nearest exit. The first thing we see is a gas station in Missouri, uh, without gas and without power. Back then, uh, because of my accent, I pronounced the name as misery, which I still do, but because of my experience there, it's miserable. So anyway, um, just building shrouded under heavy snow, and we had to make our own path. You couldn't tell if this was an alley or a highway strip cordoned off. But finally, we came across an Econo Lodge, uh, of course, ran by Indians, (laughs) Patels. So we got a room. So we holed up in a substandard room. We had cold food, dry food from our car. And I remember it, it snowed heavily the entire evening, entire night. And I remember this because I was just stuck to the window. It was terrifying, but it was also fascinating And while I was just fearful for my life, behind me, my wife, who's from America, was watching a season of (laughs) Hoarders. Coaching up. And that is when it hit me. Just I reflected that. You see two people who know each other so well in the same physical space, but perceive the world so differently, drastically different. And that is when I realized that You know, of course, like, she's from America and she's used to this. You know, a time that for me prepares me for my final redemption is a good time for her to catch up on shitty reality TV. (laughs) That is when I realized that it's so different. And it's not. this situation is very similar to other situations where immigrants find themselves in. Remember that as an immigrant, we see this country with snow-colored glasses where everything looks harsh and cold and unfriendly. And this is what I was realizing. So even with your friends who are immigrants or partners or neighbors, know that they might not admit this, but they might be probably having it more difficult than they let on. And also one of the things that because of this experience, of course my wife was comforting me. And that's when I realized when well-meaning friends ask me what they could do to make this a more welcoming space, a more welcoming country, I said that you don't always have to be placard and protest ready. I mean, it's cool if you do that. But sometimes all that we need is just a little checking in. You know, how are you doing? Are you warm enough? <laughs> yeah, seriously, simple things like that. Because even everyday situations come attached with a threat. A police car goes by, you pay no mind, but an immigrant tightens his body up. You go to a restaurant, the menu arrives, you order. An immigrant Googles frantically, what the hell is a tater tot? (laughs) So sometimes all you need to do is little actions. Just check in with us. If you're doing fine, if you're doing all right, if everything is okay, don't worry. Tater tots are just fried potatoes and they're delicious. (laughs) And if especially if the immigrant is like me from a warmer climate, A hot cup of coffee during winters is all the sacrifice that is needed from you. We promise to repay it during summer by not making you too jealous by a natural tan (laughs) and by offering you an ice drink maybe. Cheers to that. Thank you.
1: Here's Jatesh and Nestor discussing other acts of resistance that we all can partake in. Those that are based on love, not hate.
2: One single story doesn't matter. It's the composite. of it. yeah. it's the collection of stories that matter because it like creates a narrative for the audience. So I knew that A lot of people, will, their stories will be, for for good reasons, will be political, will be highly charged, will be talking about either addressing racism or addressing uh, political conflict between countries and things like that, about uh, America's hegemony or things like that. It will be serious in tone. Uh, And it should be, because these things need to be talked about. and of course I have such stories as well I have uh, such incidences to talk about but I specifically uh, chose weather as my topic because as silly as it sounds I'm kind of tired of people seeing immigrants as walking, talking, political toys it's literally like oh here's this person and this is what they're going to talk about it is important to talk about that but then again on the other hand I don't want immigrants to be reduced to this. Like mm-hmm. it literally, this is another way of dehumanizing a person uh, to see them. And, and of course that's what they see a black person. of And, and if they are on the mic, of course they're going to talk about racism. These things are important, but also you see that the, the gaze of the regular populace here, it shouldn't be of, of people who are born in America and, and know this country and live with it. And this is their normal. They shouldn't see an immigrant and just think that, Oh, that's what his life is. No, our life is so much more. Our life is we eat food. We feel the weather. We, we wear clothes. We do these other things. We go out with our families. I want to take one aspect of that regular thing that they also uh, go through. They, everybody in Chicago has to go through these winters. But also just take that simple subject, but but make them see it through the eyes of somebody who's never never not observed that in in the past and also somehow tied down to experiences in general, uh, in the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, the the, the immigrant experience has to do with so many things, you know, how, how we adjust to the weather, how we adjust to the holidays. Like the first time that I saw people here wearing the costumes and like, when, whenever <laughs> you see somebody in Guatemala with a mask, it's because they're gonna rob you or they're gonna <laughs> kidnap you. So it's like, "Oh my god, right. what's going on?" <laughs> the culture shock is immigrant experience is all about. Yeah. But you also in your story, although you you do talk about the immigrant experience in a funny way, because it's like you were saying you you know how to address it in a serious way. You know, there's there's thing that you could talk about a very serious subject in a funny way. You actually talk about stereotypes. Could right. You talk about how you being an Indian, you went to a store and a hotel. Right. And of course, it was run by Indians. And that's in mm-hmm. your own world. Yeah. And that's a stereotype that people have here.
2: Right, right. So uh, <laughs> there's also like the story I should have continued because I I went there and I was telling my wife, of course, you know, the chances of uh, Indians reuniting in misery are high. So of course, we are here. But after we came back, they were really nice, obviously. But after we came back home, we just stayed there for like one night, right? It was like an escape. We came back home, and like a month and a half later, we got a card on Christmas from this family oh. that ran the hotel, uh, just wishing us Merry Christmas. And like we didn't even see all of you. I don't even recognize these names on the card, but still, they they you know made sure to to reach out to us that hey, we remember you, and that's something sweet because that is not something that I would get from any other. Uh, equally shitty motel you know what I mean like it is they could see probably now I'm just conjecturing probably they could see like the fear in in my eyes that like I have no idea where I am this looks like a movie set you know like the blizzard and I know a sandstorm I don't know what a blizzard is so and I was pretty much like chilling half the time in the lobby itself because that was warmer than even the rooms and definitely bigger than the rooms so I wanted to just sit there and, and the coffee was free so
0: he said, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've been here for a lot of years. But when, when I hear people saying that they go skiing, I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why? It's only snow and cold. I'm like, uh, it's, I'm sure that it's fun, but I'm like, I'm sure, like, uh, no. Right, uh,
2: right, like like in, in, in hot weather countries, people don't like, at the, the peak of summer, they don't like, eh, let's get half naked and let's go and run in the streets without football yeah. or whatever, like, and that's... Into the volcanoes, that a
0: want to see us? you know... Yeah, you <laughs> want to like dip marshmallows in volcanoes? Like, this is what yeah. we do. And you, and you also talk about and your story, because although you could speak English, you still you still have an accent or, or you are aware that you have some sort of an accent and uh, and you make fun of that. Again, it's about the immigration experience, but you make fun of it by the name that you give to the town, Misery.
2: Right, right. So this happens every single day. Any Every new day, every new day I learn a new... Not words anymore as such, but like new nouns that I didn't know about, just names of brands or whatever and I always mispronounce them, you know, I always make something else of it. it and this is not even France this is like what it is the way it is written that's how it's pronounced so um that's like a continuing education for me, but I don't see that as a as you know like as a way to hold myself back or whatever it's just funny in my experience mm-hmm. and also I think it depends who it is happening with this is usually happens with me with close fem- family members mainly my wife she will uh say like oh i'm i'm at this place and i'm like what is that and i will if she texts me the name of the place i will read it out loud and she'll laugh so uh, i think it it, it it matters who it is happening with so i'm comfortable enough to yeah. make mistakes that's important but imagine like if i were to do a do this in front of people like on a mic or whatever and pronounce names wrong left and right that'll probably make me conscious and that maybe i won't be able to joke about
0: yeah and i'm really understand what what you're referring to because uh my my wife she teaches uh, writing at a a correctional institution so i know that right so a couple of weeks ago i learned that there was a storytelling event at a university Mm -hmm. and i told my wife i'm like oh i want to go tell stories at this university i want to go to jail and she like, you wanna go to the correction institution? And I'm like, no, I wanna go to jail. she's like, you wanna go to? It's not. It's, uh, she's like, it's not called jail. It's called correction institution. I'm like, no, I'm talking about jail. And she like, the penitentiary? No, jail. The prison? Like, like no, jail. And I actually had to spell it out for her, like Y A L. And she like, oh, jail. I still can't pronounce the properly. And I'm like, whatever. That's what I wanna go. And, uh, every day away, every yeah. Single day yeah. So it's a thing that uh, as an immigrant, you know, like, like I, I've been here for thirty years, and I like right. I think that I could like could speak English in right. a proper way, but I still have words that like I, I never say Tuesday, I say the day before the day before Friday or the day after <laughs> Wednesday. You know, it's words that I don't. I like yeah, I, I avoid skirt
2: around them. <laughs> yeah, I go
0: around them just just to make my life easier. Yeah. But there's it's things that like it become part of the immigrant experience. Yeah. I think that we are aware of that. uh, But it's just part of being an immigrant. You know, it's just part of... Yeah, you just accept it. You kind of
2: make it, okay, this is what's going to happen every day. Am I going to make a big deal about it because it's going to happen tomorrow again? Or uh, am I just going to accept it and before anybody else makes fun of it, I'm going to make fun fun of myself myself. and and enjoy it myself, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, pretty much.
0: And I guess that uh, as long as we are aware of it and as long as we... I mean, we don't have to be perfect, you know, as as, mm-hmm. as long as we try to, to get better at it. I think it's like, it goes back to what you were saying about trying to make this country a more welcoming society right. for everybody.
2: Right, right. In the little actions, especially, like not, <clears throat> like I also say in the video, like it's fine if everybody's protesting and that's important. I myself sometimes contribute as much as I can, but but let's not forget, like, since we do a big thing, so we can, you know, like, if we once a year we we do like a big march woman's march or whatever march we can the rest of the year we're like ah remember last november i did that but i think in this small actions every single day to help somebody get through the world or i mean i still speak english but i know so many other immigrants from my community Indian, indian american community they have no idea they they do not open the door when the census people approach them because they're like oh my god are they gonna like ask me about my citizenship or like you don't have to worry, you know, but they, I understand why they worry when the language itself to them is hostile, uh, either hostile or just another way to poke fun at fun at them, you know, oh, why don't you pronounce this word for us and, you know, like, it's at their expense. So I, I, I get it, you know. Uh, so I, I feel, if anything, people can take out from this whole story. It's just that these little actions, you know, that people... Are too. We are too proud, of people, to let anybody else know that we are suffering. But you know, it's okay to check in once in a while. Like, hey, you know, uh, you, uh, you you must not be used to this hot or uh, this cold weather, or you might not be able to pronounce, or you are in the bus, maybe you don't know how to pay for it, or you're in the cafe, you don't know what cappuccino means. Yeah, these things I think help more if done yeah. on a daily ba- regular basis. Because also, uh, I'll, I'll address this one thing is that big demonstration etc as necessary as they are you don't know who is doing this for the right reason or or who is doing this for a pat on their own back because you want to be seen you want to be talked about Mm. you want to to be hey i'm i was a part of this you know it's like it becomes a whole social bubble in in itself but when you help on a personal one-to-one basis there's nobody to pat your back there's nobody to to see you while you were doing this this thing so if you if you're going to avoid that that pretty much says what your motivation for for helping was was it to be hep and cool and hey I'm this uh, you know I'm here for social justice or are you do you actually give a fuck and are you actually reaching out to people around you and helping them when the census needs to be filled helping them when they need to order a coffee and they have no they're frozen in the cafe and no idea who to approach or how to pay for it things like that if you reach out to them in their homes or in your home, or in the street where, you know, they are themselves, that is the right time where people will, who need help will also open up, and that is the time when you reach out to them. Uh, of course, it's right uh, to check in with them first if they do need help, but if they do, I think that is the right time. Uh, in a march, etc., that is cool, but uh, that's not where the real victims are, and that's not where the victims are going to say, this is what the daily help I need, really. Uh, they're going to open up to you when you reach out to them one-on-one basis because mm-hmm. everybody's demands are so different. Needs are so different, I mean.
1: That was Chicago-based storyteller and writer Jitesh Chucky. Jitesh is a recent immigrant from India, currently living in Chicago. He ended his career in finance one day when he lost all his data that he forgot to save on an Excel spreadsheet and realized that he just didn't care. That tipping point led him to becoming a writer and he is currently working on a book of essays. A two-time Moth Story Slam winner, he also coaches individual and corporate clients in telling their professional stories. You can reach Jatesh. At the email link in the podcast episode description. Here's Nestor and I on Jitesh's story. Let's talk about first times. I thought that was such a great theme seeing snow for the first time, experiencing winter in North America for the first time.
0: Or going to a restaurant and looking at the menu and be like, what the is this that is on the menu that you know, you might even know the language, but as you read the thing, it doesn't make any sense to you, like Slappy Joe, yo, you know, the first time, I love Slappy Joe's now, but the first time that I saw Slappy Joe, I'm like, oh my God, it looks so disgusting to me. Like I had I, I had no no desire to try it. And for many months at school in high school uh, they were serving Slappy Yoles and I didn't try them and then when I actually tried them I'm like oh those are actually delicious
1: and their first times are horrible right that initial transition um, can be quite jarring and some of them are not pleasant I remember so I was 8 when I arrived in the US and one day in school a friend used the N word Mm. and I didn't know what that was other than that it must have been bad because the other kids shamed her and told me not to play with her and it was through that experience that i first learned about racism
0: and and sadly we know that the n-word is only one of the many words that is out there because there's so many words that they use for for other communities for other people you know there's I'm sure there's words that I, I know That I don't want to repeat That are used against the Asian community There's words that are used against the Latino community There are there are words now that are being used Like you know the, you, you hear the word illegal a lot And we I like to remind people that no human being is illegal You know there's, a, there's another way to dehumanize people To bring people down So you don't see people as humans anymore You see them as objects You see them as criminals You see them as the other you see them as someone that should not be allowed. Yeah, and, and, and I love the way that he look. He looks at it through his story because it's such a funny way to look at it. Uh, it's such a way that makes you laugh, but at the same time, make you remember, like, I, I remember my very first time that I saw the snow or the very first time that I was in a room and I noticed, oh, I'm the only person of color here. Um, so, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things that, through the story you reflect upon your own experiences but because he's saying the story in such a funny way he makes those experiences he makes those memories come at you in a lot easier way he it doesn't it's not as traumatic you know you could remember those things and then you could also realize that you went through all those but there's also people now that are going through all those and like he say we should be more welcoming and we should try to help other people experiencing those things
1: yeah and Jitesh mentioned that in the interview segment You know, there's a lot of people who can attend marches and protests, but it's really about how when no one else is looking. It's about how you treat someone, how you show them that they are welcome into your home and into the community.
0: And and, and it was a a very important message because we tend to think, oh, I went to the march, so I'm done for a year. Let's wait until the next year, there's another march. Uh, And we tend to forget that there's a lot of things that we could do. There's a lot of days a lot of hours where we could, like, help other people as well. Somebody take the time to explain to you what a word means or how a word is used. is such a powerful way to welcome somebody.
1: Immigration Stories with Nestor Gomez is a production of 80 Minutes Around the World Immigration Stories.
0: More information on 80 Minutes Around the World Immigration Stories can be found on our website, nestorgomezstoryteller.com, and the show's Facebook page. Please contact us if you have a story you want to share or would like to invite the show to your city or organization near you.
1: Immigration Stories podcast is created, produced, edited by Nestor Gomez and Angel Link. Thank you for listening. Please remember to like and share.